Welcome to the Really From Podcast, where we talk about culture, creativity, and breaking down that question, where are you really from? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Really From Podcast. My name is Chris Lee Rodriguez. I play in the band Really From. And today on the pod, uh, we have a very special guest. He is in a lot of projects you may know, uh, Speedy Ortiz, Monica. We actually played a virtual gig together uh, a yeah. few weeks back uh, at Cornell, even though neither of us were physically at Cornell. Uh, please give it up for uh, Devin McKnight on the pod. Devin, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it was not crazy that we were, we played a show together. We were never in like the same room. Hey, you know, uh, it's it's strange, uh, and I feel like I become sort of used to it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been weird. over over a year. I know it's gonna be weird when we go back yeah. to regular in person shows, and that's gonna be a, a adjustment period too. Yeah, like a, it's like a like a trust exercise or something <laughs> greater greater society and yeah. your peers and just yeah you know i think there's going to be some freak outs but um yeah. at the end of the day i hope everyone's getting vaccinated and True. doing what they have to do and hopefully so. people will be even more respectful of each other at shows now that yeah, we're yeah, yeah i hope so yeah i mean everyone's got different boundaries comfortability levels with exactly spacing and this, that, and the other, and, you know, maybe, hopefully, I don't know, uh, are y'all from Massachusetts, or? Um, so, me and Sander are originally from Jersey, uh, sure. but Matt, who plays in bands, was born and raised in Boston, and he plays okay. a bit, um, and Michi, she was from New Hampshire, but we all live in Boston, except for Matt. Matt actually lives in Brooklyn. Okay. Right? You live in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah, assume because yeah. you guys streamed in from Babies All Right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. How was that? Was, how was being at that venue? It was cool. Um, so um, my friend Greg, who used to be in Level Up and oh, is nice. still in a bunch of projects now, like I think Trace Mountains. Um, oh, yeah, no Trace Mountains. Well, uh, yeah, they're all like, you know, level up surrogates yeah uh, but um yeah yeah you know uh, he actually works as the pm at babies and oh, wow. so yeah they've been doing some pretty cool virtual shows the whole time um i did one solo back in oh geez um i want to say june of last year Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, they, they've been doing it uh, consistently. And I, I noticed they did a few album releases there. So um, in, a, in a big way, I feel like Greg has a good sort of understanding of what bands are going through right now. Mm. And also, I know like venues of yeah. every every size are really going through it. So they've kind of been like a nice uh group to kind of like reach out to when you know you're kind of looking for something weird like yeah uh casting a show somewhere um because you know i i i did a virtual tour with oceanator um and it went pretty well um 
we are definitely a, a tad bit more ambitious than um, I think we were ready for. But um, so, so I was handling all the video and all the audio yeah. myself. I was going to ask like, how, when, in what ways was it? Do you feel like it was kind of like a little higher than expected? Well, I had to teach myself how to use like Adobe Premiere Pro. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I, I had to. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's not too different from like sound software. So the, the learning curve wasn't too steep, but then having to balance that with like actually mixing the audio and like making sure, you know, we didn't sound like crap and uh, <laughs> doing doing, uh, you know, my, my normal jobs, uh, yeah. you know, as, as a regular person too, um, was a bit more than I, I, I was prepared to uh, handle. So, um, you know, lesson learned. Um, don't try to do everything because you can't. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, 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 uh, it's not a bad thing to ask for help when you, uh, when you need it. So it, it was definitely good. Uh, there's only two people outside of the band there and um, including it was Greg and the uh, sound engineer, Eric, and they had both been vaccinated. Um, my whole band had been vaccinated at that point. So mm. um, it felt pretty good. Um, you know, everyone was pretty loose. Um, so, you know, I can only imagine what it'll be like when there's, you yeah. know, hundreds of people there. But, right. um, you know, no one's planning on doing that anyway. Like you know, like next week or anything. So, right. Right. <laughs> we yeah. Have some time to adjust into it. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Oh, shoot. I want to ask something about Anyway, I forget. Um, but cool. So, uh, I also wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and mention anything else you do that I, I didn't include in your introduction. Um, I pretty much just do Monica, um, you know, it's my it's my baby. Yeah. And, um, you know, that takes up a lot of my free time. I mean, I, I teach guitar. Um, yes. Yeah, guitar and, and, and bass. And uh, I do so through a school, but I also do it privately. Um, it is probably the best job I've had in a long time, which is nice. cool. Um, I also work at a library, but, I, you know, that's not as you know connected to <laughs> you know still cool though preferred trade but yeah uh, it's a job and you know you got to do what you got to do these days so for sure my uh mm -hmm. my, my girlfriend's studying to be a librarian too oh yeah she's working towards her master's cool yeah I it's like a, i think if you have yeah if you have the the degree it's um you know it can be a pretty solid yeah solid thing so definitely um cool so i want to open up our conversation like how i do on most of our episodes um mm -hmm. uh when was the first and memorable time you've been asked the question where are you really from if you've been asked that question before uh well um you know how they say if i had a nickel yeah uh, <laughs> honestly it's been um since before I can probably remember. Um, so um, my, my parents are of uh, mixed racial backgrounds. Um, my mom is Chinese and um, Indian. 
Mm. And my uh, dad is African-American. Um, and my dad always talks about like picking, picking us up from places and people yeah. being like, <laughs> you know, looking at him, you know, this is like the early nineties and stuff. People looking at him like, um, you know, like they're like, we weren't his kids yeah, kind of thing. So, um, walking through the mall, he said people used to stare at him. Like he had mm. kidnapped, kidnapped us and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, he's, he's joking, but he's not. Um, yeah. And then, um, to answer your question, I guess more succinctly, um, I think that I started to become more and more and more aware of it when I was in middle school and high school. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm from the DC area. Um, and at that point in my life, I was uh, in Silver Spring. And it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a suburb in Maryland. And it's, it's very racially diverse. Oh. Um, so much so that like, you know, like my high school had as many white people as black and lots of like a very heavy Asian mm. population, um, heavy um, uh, Hispanic Latinx community. Um, so I actually got that question, you know, daily, if you know, weekly at <laughs> yeah. school, but it wasn't really a contentious question because mm. oftentimes it wasn't white people asking me. Mm. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, people would really just were trying to understand you. Yeah. Or me, or me I, I should say. Uh, I've, I've had people assume that I was Dominican. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not offended by that at all. Like, yeah, people, people used to, because like, um, my mom uh, is ad adopted, so we didn't actually really know where she was from. Mm for most of my life. And so um, a lot of times when, you know, uh, friends or acquaintances would like see my mom, then they would be like, well, where is she from? Like, you know, and I'd, I'd always give them a hard time and just say like, oh, she's from Washington, DC. <laughs> she's from that area they grew up in? <laughs> yeah, they both did. Oh, nice. um, yeah, and um, you know, she was raised in the black community too, so. Oh, wow. I mean, um, that's that's a community she holds dear to her heart. So, um, yeah. So um, a, a lot of times it almost like turned into like a weird game <laughs> where people would try to guess. Uh, yeah. And, and obviously they would just try to guess, you know, with the place with that they were from. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My uh, my older brother looks a little bit more like he could be like from like uh like malaysia or like thailand or something oh wow um, and so a lot of times uh people that you know like filipinos and mm -hmm. uh, vietnamese and people like that would just be like oh yeah 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 your mom's definitely she's she's definitely filipino <laughs> like i can see it um so yeah i mean it happened all the time and and i think that you know it's definitely a blessing that it wasn't like a, you know, like a dig or like a yeah. something to try to ostracize me or like other my experience because I, you know, I mean, there's really I guess no better place 
than for somebody uh, as as mixed as I am to be yeah. than somewhere where there's a lot of different types of people. Yeah. Um, so in, in in that way, I'm I'm definitely lucky. So. Yeah, that's really helpful that you weren't like the only one. No, that there were yeah. other. There were yeah, other yeah. People. Um, yeah. when did your so your mom never didn't always knew that she was Chinese and Indian? Was that a recent discovery? Fairly recent, yeah. It was um, in the last decade. Um, the all that like twenty uh, three and Me and Ancestry Jacom and all that stuff is really like they got a lot more like detailed and like good at that stuff. Yeah. Um, so they were actually um, able to like trace her lineage, and um, my my dad is a pretty obsessive researcher <laughs> so he, when he when he like started to like poke around online oh. um yeah like he he just got really into it and then he started figuring out oh well it was a new test and they can figure out like this and that <laughs> and the other and the crazy thing is um so my my parents are attorneys and hmm. my dad was working on a case when he was a clerk in the 70s or 80s and they were using a case with um it was like a child custody case mm. and they were using um unbeknownst to him my my mom's custody case as oh, wow. evidence in court and he didn't know wow. he didn't know it until i mean he he married my mom you know like oh, they were had, they were all together at this point I, I think so, but they, they, um, there's a different name on the court case because right. her original name is not her, the name that, you know, her, uh, adopted parents gave her. Oh, okay. So he was walking around, not realizing, like connecting those dots. And then he did because he was able to unlock some, some, some course court cases and, um, Whoa. yeah, yeah. It was pretty mind blowing. I was like, like, you know, like. I'm not that into that kind of like legal stuff. Like that's, yeah. that's their thing. But I, I read the entire like case and I was like, wow, wow. this is just like, oh my God, <laughs> it's cool. And then, wow. so yeah, then they figured it out and then they kind of like, um, you know, we've actually made some contact with the extended family and. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a good, it was a good, like, Thing, like meet up and stuff so we've met some of her like cousins and um so yeah it's been it's been nice wow that's kind of beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. Just connect with like some family to know yeah stuff doesn't always work out <laughs> it's true yeah, yeah i have so i'm half chinese on my dad's side but all of my mm -hmm. chinese relatives are american so okay. i don't know anyone that's from china or like the hong kong area and yeah. also like my grandparents it was like an arranged marriage and mm. so i don't know like too much about their background i think my grandmother had like a lot of siblings but she was kind of like just it was an arranged marriage so she was kind of like sent off so uh -oh. there's like a whole like division i have For so sure. to see to hear that that you're able to like connect with like extended family didn't know it's always really interesting to me yeah yeah i mean it, i i kind of like i don't know i'm i'm maybe like a you might call me a non-confrontational person. So yeah. I was like kind of nervous about them like reaching out because I was like, yeah. what if they get like weird about it? And like, 
I don't know. Like maybe we don't know the whole story or like, yeah, I don't know. but that actually wasn't the case at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really sweet. So, yeah. Um, so I wanted to start off by that. You have, you had this experience that you were like in a very diverse community growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and so I was wondering how, like, if you if your friend group first off if your friend group was like as diverse uh, as you were um and how your community whether it's with your like group of friends or your school or like even if you're part of music scene as a kid uh, how that affected your like own identity um that's a good question um yeah i mean you know um i guess when i first started getting into music um you know, I was super into hip hop. Um, cause that's, you know, that, that's what all the, that's what all the black kids were into all the Hispanic kids, just, just all the Brown people, Yeah. you know, like Biggie and Tupac were really huge when I was in, uh, in DMX. It was like, mm. you know, a lot of those people were, uh, really big in middle school. And then when I started to actually try to perform, um, you know, I, I, I met some, some white kids um, who were super into uh, like punk mm. and like, um, and to be internet relevant right now, uh, they're definitely really into ska. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome that that's relevant. On ska. Yeah, yeah, everyone's really like, happy that's a relevant topic now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they kind of like opened my eyes to like, I guess a, a more like counterculture in rock music that I, I I didn't know. You know, like I grew up listening to like the bigger names like you know Nirvana and like mm. Green Day and stuff like that. But I didn't know about like hardcore or like you know all this other stuff. And you know, I'm from DC, so yeah. it's just not it's not something that was like ready available to me and my family. So it was nice, you know, like my one friend um, or two of my friends had older uh, brothers who were super into punk and hardcore and stuff. So they kind of like vicariously were exposed to like all the stuff. And then like, you know, we started hanging out more towards high school and then uh, realizing, you know, they played instruments and me and my other friends like to rap. So, you know, we got into that and Mm -hmm. um, so we had a few bands in high school. Um, towards the end, our our band was pretty diverse. It was like, you know, um, two two kids who were like mixed different types of uh, Asian and Middle Eastern. Um, mm. My one friend is Indian, and then. It, it was actually a band where like, you know, it was a majority minority. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, we were like playing rap metal too. So it's like <laughs> even, even weirder, right? Uh, sick. But um, yeah, you know, we didn't really think twice about it and a lot of other people didn't question it. So that was really nice. Um, I think it, it was more, I started to notice a little bit more disparities when I got more into playing guitar. Hmm. Um, and I start, you know, like, uh, I was introduced to jazz and jazz is, you know, the higher you go up in the institutionalized sort of arts, mm. um, things, things get wider and wider. Yeah. Um, yep. and you start to like lose the, con- the original connection, like you thought you had with it. Yeah. Um, 
and, and, and that just has to do with access, really. Um, and the punk scenes, you know, because the area was diverse, the punk scenes were like, you know, about as diverse as they were going to get um, growing up. Um, when I started living in like Boston and tour, like I was in a, a band called Grass is Green and we like toured a lot, like a lot, a lot. Yeah. And then you start to see um, how other towns and cities around the country are. And then you realize, oh, like it's uh, a lot different. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know That's what I mean? Awesome. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty stark. Like when you start getting to the, to the Midwest uh, um, and, and, you know, in the South, oh, I, I can't uh, count how many times like white people at, you know, like punk shows or rock shows would like preemptively apologize to me about like <laughs> how stark, how like stark the racial divide was and how there are no black people and stuff like that. And I was like, well, it's, it's at least good that they're aware of it. Um, and um yeah you know i mean i i guess the older i got the more I, I i sort of got hip to like how you know my career choice and my instrument choice and my style my style of music choices mm. uh made me stick out a little bit more um because if i didn't notice it myself other people would definitely point it out to me whether i liked it or not so yep yep that's so interesting. I was talking to uh, Mike Park recently, and he was talking about how, like, when he first started touring outside of LA with like Skink and Pickle, that was like the first time he noticed mm. uh, that he was like the only Asian dude at a show because he's from uh, yeah. San Jose or California. So yeah, very similar yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, that's a, and that's also really interesting too because like DC has a legendary hardcore history right. too, with like Fugazi and Ian mm-hmm. McKay and all that. So. But that's really cool that you were like you don't you don't realize it until you leave or you don't notice it until people point it out exactly um and it you know it's sad that it is that way um but you know i mean like it's it's good to have those experiences i mean this this country is really big hmm. and um it would be a shame if i walked around thinking that everywhere was you know silver spring maryland or yeah. Washington, Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, like they, they, Washington, Washington, D.C. has become a, a, a lot whiter yeah. um, over the last 15 years, but um, it, people still call it Chocolate City. I mean, there's more black people there than any other metropolitan area, I think. Wow. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you, you got to learn sometime. So uh, I try not to let that kind of thing stop me. That's fair. And uh, how did, uh, well, how did your family or react to like the music that you're getting into? Were they very supportive or were they like, they got it, but were kind of like, oh, this is weird. Or were they just kinda, like, <laughs> no, you got to be an attorney like us. Nah, no, no, no. Um, That's good. I think they knew that I was different with that kind of stuff when they started. Because I, I didn't, you know. I guess this goes along with what I said earlier, not being a confrontational person. They didn't know I was in bands until late in high school. Oh, really? I, yeah, I just kind of went, I just said I was going to my friend's house and I just come <laughs> back, come back later with a ring in my ears, you That's know? So um, and um, yeah, so then, you know, when I got to college, I didn't really see 
myself fitting in into any of the like you know how you they kind of like force you to pick a major and like yeah plan plan the rest of your life out at that point yep i was like well i really like playing guitar a lot <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that's not a, a normal response to you yeah know, what, what do you want to do with the rest of your life um so i think at that point i think they probably knew that they had i had a different uh different uh, person in front of them and you know i mean they don't under, understand a lot of rock hmm. um but they don't keep me from liking whatever I, I i think at some points in my life i do remember them kind of being like oh like i see like green day but like what about like this artist you know yeah. kind of thing just sort of like lightly like being like oh hey you know Jimi yeah. hendrix exists or like oh hey yeah. like Pr prince is really cool or like you know there's other examples out there and you know i'm honestly like very grateful that they didn't uh try to get in the way of that um mm. because i i you know we all know how teenagers and adolescents yeah. are and tell them to go one way and they go the other so yeah um, that, that that's very real and that's really funny they're like hey here's some other artists besides yeah yeah that play play uh guitar and like do stuff that yeah aren't aren't you know dusty dusty white guys yeah so. that kind of blew my mind when i when i was a kid and i found out that jimmy hendrix was black because so i thought that like you know just the perception kind of similar situation in elementary school for me it was very like mixed of filipino and like uh, latina people and uh like they're they're like white people there but i felt like they're like more like working class mm -hmm. like it's I, I said this in another uh episode but it's like most of the white kids that i went to school with were like just the one that would like burn stuff or just like do like crazy shit nothing right, like, yeah. not very like privileged kids so mm -hmm. that was like my experience so i always thought like that rock was just like a oh like a white people thing and then my i think i was watching commercial i was watching a pepsi commercial and it was like a picture of a kid opening a pepsi and looking at a guitar and then like purple haze plays in the background and they're mm -hmm. like jimmi hendrix play guitar drink pepsi some like <laughs> commercial like that oh no and i was like oh sweet i didn't know that he was uh, he was black and he's like yeah, yeah there's a lot there's a you whole start he's the king of burning stuff down yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that was his thing that was it's iconic mm -hmm. um that's really cool and and the so your family you grew up in mixed family you have uh just an older brother two i have a younger brother too so i'm in the middle oh, okay so you're in the middle kid. all all brothers yeah so that's really interesting and you're like so and they were all the you know they're everyone's mixing this family because i have an older sister but she is fully puerto rican so i was oh. the only one in my family that was gotcha. the person so that was, that's pretty interesting that you kind of like had yeah uh, we all had these experience these yeah we all had the like we all went to the same high school um uh, we all you know played sports we all eventually got into uh creative pursuits oh, wow. um yeah at, at, at different capacities um but um you know we've all kind of like had like when we compare notes at the end of the day they're they're pretty pretty similar so that's so cool. what do they do uh my 
little brother just uh, launched a, a fashion line, actually. Oh, whoa, that's awesome. So, yeah, he's a he's a designer. Um, we live together, so he's oh, know, cool. he's he's probably doing something right now. Um, <laughs> and um, my older brother actually is a is a lawyer. So. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. He 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 was big in like he got an MFA in um, creative writing, but he um, I guess it was it was probably fiction. Hmm. Uh, but you know life comes at you fast and yeah so he he, he joined the family profession which yeah, he's i was gonna say so they, finally really got, they actually got a lawyer out of one of their kids yeah i mean he, he he has that uh fire in him you know and i think that like that's that's an important thing to follow um you yeah. know my my mom wasn't always trying to be a, a lawyer and um you know, when you see her talk about the issues and get into it, you're like, well, you know, looks like you're in the right spot. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Um, so I was wondering, wondering that you have this experience, you know, you're just like from a very diverse place and you're like listening to a very diverse group of music too. Uh, how do you feel like your own identity on your or your own perspective has like influenced your art, uh, your creative work and your artistry? whether it's in Monaco or other bands they've been in as well? Um, well, in Monaco uh, specifically, um, you know, I think the, the, the goal is to kind of do whatever, you know? So my last record, you know, um, I think the genres, definitely kind of shift a lot sometimes in the same song and um you know um i kind of wanted to just like be somebody who wasn't you know felt fearless in Mm. the in the face of genre because i think that holds people back um yeah especially black people um Mm. You know, like when we're out here just trying to do our thing, people, you know, they want to shove you into a box that they're comfortable with because they're trying to sell things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's tough. Like, uh, you, you know, it's a, it's it's great that we have artists like, like Namdi and Barty Strange. Yeah. And people like that who are willing to kind of push push the envelope in that way but you know i you know i'd be surprised if somebody wasn't out there trying to make them fill out a uh you know an r&b bill or like a you know what i mean um yeah definitely. and i think i think for rock music what i was seeing was this sort of like you know because i had done some hip-hop production and some rapping and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that's cool. But like, you know, I've been studying guitar for almost 20 years now. Like Mm -hmm. that's really what, like, I think people should want to see me do, you know what I mean? And I have this love for rock music as well as jazz music and all these different types of things. So like, if it's a band that's supposed to describe me and my experience, then you know i kind of got to be honest to that and hope that people like it (laughs) yeah um you know you gotta accept the whole thing you can't just take parts of me you know you gotta yeah that's 
very real. I had a conversation with uh do you know Evan? He plays in Jelani Say and like Vagabond. Yeah, so yeah Evan uh subbed on bass for Monaco once, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. He like plays with everyone. He was yeah. we were uh at this like artist retreat together and I was talking to him and uh Stu Teo who plays in his band, who they play in a band together. Mm-hmm. And um he was a saint. I don't like I, I'm, if you hear this, Evan, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting you, but uh, something to the extent of like, I feel like the indie rock scene only allows like one black artist a year to blow up and big. And every year it's like, all right, we made our quota. And then next year, yeah. you know, like this year we got Bartiz. Last year we had Namdi. This year before we get Vagabond, who's going to be the next <laughs> token? Oh, man. I mean, I laugh, you know, yeah. but. It's like it's like pretty true. Yes, um, <laughs> it's funny because it's. I, you know, I I um, it's something I think about all the time, but I try not to let it get me down. Um, but because at the end of the day, all all, all you can go out and and do is is do do what you love and forget the rest. Because hmm. you know the business is is the business, and I think that uh, a lot of a lot of um. You know, Caucasians don't always uh, realize yeah. that they're doing it. Um, it's it's not it's not like necessarily always a conscious thing where they're like, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to fill out a tour a tour bill and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's just ask our friends kind of thing, and then you know, lo and behold, all the agents are friends too, and lo and behold all the managers are friends too and oh surprise surprise they're all white so (laughs) yeah um it's 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 hard it's a hard thing to crack through and like i you know i um i i've i've been lucky enough to you know have had experiences already so to the point where like you know let's say monica is just some middling like indie act for the rest of my days like you know i got i got to play in you know, speedier tees. I got to play some crazy festivals. I got to do some yeah. cool, really cool stuff. And there were some white people that were like really happy to have me around and listen to what I had to say. And were celebrating the way I play guitar and things like that. So, you know, it's like you make your small strides and just kind of hope for the best sometimes. I mean, I, I, I try not to get too complaining about it because you know, I don't. I don't want to act like I'm. I'm like this bitter human. Yeah. Because I, I. I think that would be a mischaracterization. But I, I. You know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I didn't see exactly what he was. Yeah, he was <laughs> it's not. He was a saying idea. Yeah. And it's hard because, like, I feel like talking to the business side of it, compartmentalizing something helps package it and helps give reasons to invest in it you know they're like the venues want to make money there's too many there's too many layers to that and it's like it's if you're trying to make strides it's like it's a very daunting task because like you know the higher you go up in the chain there's just some guy in an offense you know like yeah trying to fill out his spreadsheets and he doesn't care (laughs) yeah and that's so interesting you're saying like the higher up too because it's just like everything moves in waves so mm-hmm. just like the hierarchical structure like yeah you got to play a dope show one time and then you gotta move on to the next thing and then people are move on and the 
waves never really change for that guy in the office with the spreadsheet because he's still got that job you know i feel exactly. like it's different for like performers and artists he probably doesn't even like music yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoever he is yeah um, but yeah it's, it's just real you're just like it's it seems like this weird like you said hierarchy but also like dichotomy of just like the artist always got to produce and got like create content to engage viewers to give you a reason to come to the show to like prove your worth to these people who eventually like essentially own everything and mm-hmm. they get to have the final say so it's not it's like hard functioning in that type of system too you're not really sure where it is and like your perspective will be like you know i got to do some really dope things and this is where it is it's fine because i get to still have agency over what i want to create i feel like is not only to fight against it but this seems like the healthiest way to operate within that yeah well the worst thing i could do is get discouraged um like you know and just stop doing what i do Mm. you know because then then I wouldn't have anything to show for the stuff that I'm trying to say. Um, and, uh, you know, like I've got, I've got some good, some good friends who are out here doing it too. You know, we find, we find each other, yeah. you know, like I've known Nandi since like 2009. Oh, um, you know, um, at least from Oceanator, we become, buds over the yeah. last like couple of years um Barty's, you know we've been buds over the last few years um nice. uh i've known leticia from uh from vagabond, vagabond yeah for a bit um and you know i mean you know it's this shared shared experience and everyone's everyone's just trying to trying to do the thing so we gotta hope for better days because you know maybe it'll take until we're old and <laughs> you know don't really do much anymore for it to really have an effect on an impact on the next generation maybe you know yeah. sometimes i think about it like that like maybe the, the bigger wave is going to come for mm. from, from people who are looking at us now being like oh cool i could do that you yeah. know passing it on to someone else yeah yeah um awesome thank you so much for coming to the pod uh really appreciate your time um and thanks for sharing that it's such an interesting story it's so nice to like hear someone's experience like yeah i was just like in a very diverse community and didn't like you know it was a lot of weird stuff yeah very that's really cool to hear um yeah likewise uh, I want to give you opportunity to shout out any projects, anything you're working on, have anything in the works or any people, anyone you just want to give a, a shout out to. Um, you know, shouts out to all the other, all the other black artists and people of color out there trying to, trying to make waves, you know, you know, yeah. who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thanks. Thanks for having me too. It's sure. a really cool idea for a show. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks. Uh, once again, my name is Chris Lee Rodriguez. I play in the band Really From. You can listen to our record on uh, Top Shelf Records. It's out now on all streaming services. And thanks, Dan, for coming on. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Take care. Bye.